0: Professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels, too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call
1: 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV.
0: Cancel the cable, cut costs,
2: and get more.
1: Call now at 877-499-MY-TV.
3: listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today's show 's going to be special. Who's going to be on?
4: Yeah, we've got uh, longtime uh, Golden State Warrior beat writer, Bay Area sports writer Marcus Thompson II, who uh, just came out with a book about Steph Curry, but has also been covering the best team in basketball lately, and he'll have some interesting insights because he knows these guys very, very well.
3: Yeah, I definitely want to ask him when he comes on the next segment about uh, Damian Lillard predicting in six games yeah. that Portland was going to win, well, and they got swept. So. You know,
4: I mean, you got to feel that way if you're an athlete. If you don't, you might as well not even go out there.
3: Yeah, but isn't it a little embarrassing, though?
4: No, not really. Really? I mean, that's, no, athletes are that way. They, they have to believe that you, know, you wouldn't go out and play if you didn't believe you could win.
3: Well, but, that, that part's true, but predicting – to win in six games now, and getting know. swept? Eh, yeah, yeah. See, it's, it's different when Joe Namath yeah. predicted because that was just a one-game. Like
4: I said, if you're an athlete, that's the, you got to feel that way. you just got to be that just way. just got to be All that right. way. Yeah, yeah.
3: All right. At each uh, commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question, and today's trivia theme is, Holy Gloves, Batman! What? Yeah.
5: <laughs> what? <laughs> you will understand uh, because it's going to be
3: talking about baseball and okay. uh, uh, players with their uh, their fielding oh situation. I see. Okay, right. Gotcha. All right. So this spor- segment of Sports Econ One Hundred and One is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half percent, secured by real estate. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And also, what's going on with our San Francisco Giants?
4: Uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sore topic. Let's talk about the winners.
3: Okay, well, we got to talk about the Warriors. About yeah, that's true. we got to yes. talk about the Warriors, and Cleveland looks like uh, you know they had a little slump there, but uh, they're, well, they're, get some, like they're doing okay now. Get
4: some insights from Marcus. He's a an NBA junkie. I mean, he knows the, the league as well as anybody, so lot, a okay. lot, well, lot better than I do. I go out right. to the games occasionally, but I'm not a I'm not a junkie like Marcus. He, he knows so, his stuff. When we get Marcus on
3: yeah. in the next segment, we'll have to ask him <laughs> all these questions yes. and see what he, he predicts. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. All right.
5: PacificPrivateMoney.com.
4: Make Mother's Day special with help from Hornblower Cruises and Events. Treat mom to a relaxing day on the bay. Feast on a gourmet brunch with free-flowing champagne. Or indulge in an elegant four-course dinner. Cruises feature spectacular sights of the city, live entertainment, and attentive service. For reservations, go to Hornblower.com. That's Hornblower.com. Book today.
0: The beautiful Mount View Hotel and Spa in Calistoga is having a special. Any sweeter cottage for 299 a night, Sunday through Thursday. This price includes use of all the facilities, pool, mineral water jacuzzi, sauna, bottle of wine on arrival, and a $20 breakfast voucher to Johnny's, one of two restaurants on the property. We are one of the best values in Napa Valley. Call 707-942-6877 to reserve your special now. Or go to MountviewHotel.com.
2: Discover the world of sea kayaking, paddle boarding, and biking in Half Moon Bay. Whatever your experience, we can accommodate you. Our fleet is made up of single and double kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, and many different bikes to suit your needs. Come play in Half Moon Bay. Call 650-773-6101 or go to www.hmbkayak.com. That's HMB as in Half Moon Bay, kayak.com.
4: Hyatt Centric Fisherman's Wharf San Francisco is located in the heart of San Francisco. Close to top attractions, our hotel is a prime spot to explore the city by the bay. Visit Pier 39 in Ghirardelli Square or take the nearby cable car lines around the city. Hyatt Centric Fisherman's Wharf features a heated outdoor pool, a fully equipped fitness center, and on-site dining options. The contemporary guest rooms and suites include luxurious amenities to help you unwind after a stimulating day exploring San Francisco.
0: Call 415-563-1234 or go to fisherman'swharf.centric.hyatt.com.
3: Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's our guest today?
4: Yeah, Marcus Thompson the second sports columnist with the San Jose Mercury, the East Bay Times, flagship publications of the Bay Area News Group, has been covering uh, the NFL and other Oakland sports, in addition to covering the Warriors uh, for the last 10 years, which has been a fun assignment because... Ten years ago, the Warriors were at the bottom of the barrel, and now they're, at the, they're the kings of the hill. I mean, this team is amazing. I don't think there's anybody that's going to beat them this year. It's possible if they have some injuries or they run into a little spell of bad luck. But
3: uh, well, You said ten years ago. Wasn't that we believe ten years ago?
4: Yeah, but that team came and went rather quickly. Really quickly, yeah. Yeah, you know, you only had a couple guys who were going to be around for a few years, Baron Davis and Stephen Jackson. Let's yeah. bring Marcus Thompson in, though, to talk about, about the current team, because this is a big story, Marcus, and... Uh, You know, nationally uh, and internationally, people are paying a lot of attention. What's it like to be on the inside, you know, traveling with these guys, getting to know them personally very well? I mean, you've written a book about Steph Curry. We'll talk about that in a minute. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like this year with this, the last couple of years, actually, with the Golden State Warriors.
6: You know, it's been crazy. Uh, You know, I like the position they're in because they get to hang around me. No, that that's got
4: to be great for them. <laughs> well, you always you always have such a fun time. I noticed uh, the other night uh, I was in the locker room and you're talking with Andre Iguodala and you guys are cracking up. I mean, what are you, are you guys just talking about, you know, life in general or can are they that relaxed around you that you can just cuz it seems like basketball players once you get to know them they're a little more informal than the other sports.
6: There is no limit to the conversation like we We've talked about everything. That's part of the fun of it. I think they like, you know, the regular dialogue and kind of being humanized instead of being professional athletes. Uh, and especially now in this environment, because there's so much media, so much attention. And, you know, everything they do is heavily scrutinized. You know, I know they love the position, and it's been a long time coming for the franchise. But with that, there's a cost. You know, there's a price to pay, and that includes, you probably need to watch what you say because it's gonna go viral. Mm. Uh, so when we talk, you know, they know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill them, and they can they can rip a rapper or you know criticize tedious outfits or whatever we talk about, right? So I, it's it's I, I feel the benefit of being around you know for so long. I started in 2004 with Mike Montgomery. You remember that, bro? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Mike yeah, yeah. Montgomery and Derek Fisher was the key free agent they got. Mm-hmm. That, that's when I started. So. But you know, this is what we did back in the day when nobody cared about sports. Now that they care, I just kind of operate the same way, and I think they
4: appreciate it. It's it's been a lot of fun. Well, Steph Curry is an unusual guy because he's there's an almost ethereal quality to him. I mean, he's such a great player, but you see him off the court. You talk with him off the court, and there's a calmness. It's almost like a Zen approach to everything. Is is he that calm a guy? Is he that that focused and that relaxed? I mean, what and what if so? What's the secret to being that way?
6: I think Steph's is a regular guy with an exceptional ability, right? And that ability is playing basketball. But like I think he could have been like a history teacher, right? And it <laughs> <laughs> was like if you just turned around and started talking to a nice guy in Chipotle, like that could be Steph, right. And he's maintained that that kind of disposition even though his star has risen so high. I, I think he I think he likes that. I think he he's very intentional about making sure it hasn't gone through his head, and he's still the same person. Uh, almost to his detriment, right? Cause, uh, he's a pretty big star, and he's in high demand, so he's got to limit his time. And he had a hard time saying no because when you start saying no, now it's like, oh, you've changed, and I don't think he wants. Oh yeah. That that, that you know, I don't think he wants that label. So that that was a difficult part for him. But he's a real down to earth guy. He, you know, what he has, he has great perspective. He can. He knows how to detach from all of this craziness of this basketball world he's in. Kind of get back to the the center of it, like being a husband and a father, and how this is all really a privilege. He's really good at having that perspective in the end.
3: So, Marcus, when you uh, did the book on Steph Curry, he couldn't say no, right?
6: (laughs) I couldn't say no? No, he couldn't
3: say no. He said, hey, Steph, Uh, let me do a book on you. And he goes, I can't say no. Go ahead.
6: He wanted to say no, but he knows better. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, how did that come about? Yeah. Did, did you know? Tell us about the book. Uh, you know how you approached them and, and all that.
6: So you know, Bruce. Uh, Bruce knows how this works, right? You gotta, you go talk to a player, and you know, hey, I want to do this. And part of you would like to get like their, you know, I guess <laughs> get them to buy in, right? Get them to uh, participate. Sometimes they're just like, "No, nah, I don't really want to do that." <laughs> so, Steph is like that. He was like, "You know what? I'm I'm like halfway through my career. I, I still have more to do." And in his mind, he's like, "I haven't really done anything. We won one championship. Many people have won one championship, so he didn't think he was really worthy of a book." So, uh, but I told him, you know, "Hey, the people will decide that."
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting watching Curry too, because. A couple of years ago, maybe four years, five years ago, when he was just a young player, um, you know, he looked like a good player, but he was obviously uh, injury prone. He'd had some problems with his ankles. He wasn't a great player, but he was becoming a very good player. Then suddenly he just became, and maybe I wasn't watching it. Obviously I wasn't watching it as closely as you, but within a matter of, of a year or two, he became a phenomenal player. What what happened during that time? I mean, what was it that that turned him into this incredible force, which is we've never seen the likes of in the NBA.
6: You know, there's there was there was something that happened, right? Uh, there, there's a few things. Uh, one of them, he got a good coach. You know, Mark Jackson kind of helped. Uh, Mark Jackson changed like the, the culture and showed them showed him how to win. Like, how do you win an NBA? The kind of mindset. He made them, you know, he made Steph Curry believe in himself uh, and like kind of own how good he was. But I think another thing happened, you know, prompted by the ankle injuries. I think Steph like wanted to fit in a mold to prove he could. When he got drafted, they said he couldn't play point guard. He wasn't big enough. He wasn't athletic enough. And his mindset was to prove that to be correct. Uh, he's a very unselfish player, so he doesn't like. Dominating or ball hogging or even being seen as that, so he really kind of fit his game to this NBA mode. And I think when he hurt his ankle and he came out of that, there was so much doubt about him. He said, "All right, I gotta, I gotta prove to all of you who didn't believe in me that you were wrong." And you know, I think that led him to be more aggressive and to dominate.
3: You know, I think what's interesting I'm, too, Marcus, is the if you look at his uh, stature. Uh, he's grown more muscles You know he's matured physically too You know he's not a young 20 something Year old anymore how old is he now 27
4: he's almost 28 28 yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean you can see the muscles on him now Not not quite Iguodala size but uh, You know he's got that definition
4: Well and one thing you know, we, I think the yeah. ankle
6: helped him work on his body Sure yeah. sure one yeah things is Like he was, he was pretty You know he was fragile but In order to like Get this ankle situation to take care of. He had to take care of his whole body. I think he learned a lot about himself physically, and and really kind of took ownership of that because you know uh, he was evil and he didn't like it. And you know, next thing you know, he's got like a Muscle Milk
4: contract. Well, you know, yeah. what, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was, I was noticing this this uh, television commercial that's quite popular with him and uh, Serena Williams, where they're playing ping pong, and Serena looks like she could just pick him up and throw him across the room still. I mean, Steph has gotten bigger, as Edward was saying. He's, he's built up his body a little bit. But he still looks like an average guy, and that just reminds us, th- those of us who cover sports, that you don't have to be muscle-bound to be a great athlete as long as you have enough uh, of a musculature and and, and a strength and, a, and, a, and a, a desire. I mean, that's the thing about Curry. He's He's cold-blooded out there. I mean, this guy... Uh, he never seems to. It's pretty hard to humble Steph Curry, isn't it, Marcus?
6: I think that's what he kind of exposed is that like skill can compensate for winning the genetic lottery, right? Yeah. You look at LeBron; like he won the genetic lottery. Yeah. <laughs> and he runs like a deer. Like I don't care how much you work out. That's a gift, right? Yeah. I think Steph makes makes you realize. Even if you don't have that, and you have skills compounded with work ethic, plus he did win some form of genetic lottery, he does have some skills you just don't have. Like, but there, but, but you can see it. Hey, right? hey, hey
3: Marcus, stay with us just a quick second. We got to run, run to a quick commercial break here. Got to ask this trick, this trivia question. Okay, we're talking about a holy gloves, Batman. All right, what San Francisco Giant? had a terrible fielding percentage of .887 in 1984. That's our trivia question. Hmm. Uh, email I edward 101com <laughs> <101. laughs> Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
7: 800
0: Rebuild or replace transmission, thirty-two hundred dollars. Anti-lock brake system, thousand dollars. Rebuild or replace engine, twenty-four hundred dollars. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you, every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash, and call Toco Warranty right now at.
8: your process lower your monthly mortgage payments save your home and your credit but you must act now call 800-274-7312 800-274-7312 not available in all states paid non-attorney spokesperson
3: welcome back to sport econ 101 again i'm edward brown your host along with bruce mcgowan here was our first trivia question what san francisco giant had a terrible fielding percentage of 0.887 in 1984. It's funny because you think point eight eight seven sounds like a good number, but yeah, that nah, means you're for kicking feeling. away
4: about one, more than one-tenth of every yeah, ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I covered the, that team closely. I went to just about every home game that year, and I remember Johnny Lemaster, I believe, was the shortstop, but I don't think it was Johnny Lemaster. He yeah. was a pretty good fielder. The second baseman that year, I'm trying to think who they had. I think they had Brad Wilman It was a pretty bad team. They finished in last place in the first of two I'm trying to remember if of. he was
3: a first baseman or if he was an outfielder. Daryl Evans? No no, no, no. Who was it? Joel Tom. Youngblood. No, he was a
4: third baseman. Joel Youngblood. No, interesting right? thing about Joel Youngblood. He played everywhere. He played the outfield and the infield. And that year they had to put him in the infield because there were some injuries. Good player, though. A very good player off the bench in 87 mm-hmm. when the Giants won the division. Joel Youngblood was a very important part of that team and, and did a great job off the bench. Okay, anyway, right. we've got uh, Marcus Thompson. Uh, Joining us, uh, longtime sports writer who has written a book about Steph Curry. And we were just talking about the Warriors and and Curry when we broke away for the the commercial. But uh, Marcus, you know, this Warrior team right now, as we speak, uh, they are getting ready to play in the second round against, as we are doing this, uh, we don't know if it's going to be Utah or the Clippers, probably Utah, but you never know. Um, And it looks like for now that Mike Brown, the assistant coach, is going to be sitting in the chair until Steve Kerr, Gets well. He's had some terrible problems with the back aftermath of the back surgery, some spinal fluid leakage, uh, just debilitating pain. Uh, you know, what's your read on what the Warriors were doing when they brought in Mike Brown? Because he was a very successful coach elsewhere, and probably could have gotten a head coaching job. Do you think they use that as a kind of an insurance policy in, ca- in case Kerr had the same problem he had a year ago when he had to sit out half the season and Luke Walton filled in?
6: Yeah, I think that was that was part of it, right? Because they did have some um, some candidates who has no who have no head coaching experience. One of the guys who I thought would get the gig was Steven Silas, who's the assistant with uh, Charlotte, but he was here for the We Believe Warriors and he's considered one of the bright young assistant coaches. But I think they opted to go for Mike Brown because there was this hovering potential that Steve Kerr might have to miss time again. Like you just don't know. Uh they got they got really fortunate that Luke Walt was able to handle it, but he was very inexperienced, and he, I don't know if you could just bank on that happening again. So I think they went with somebody who's seen some things, done some things, uh, and just as just that safety precaution. <laughs> However, I don't think they figured it would be during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I thought that it would be like a regular season thing they were preparing for, but Steve made it through the whole season. That's why this is kind of jarring that it's happening right now. Well,
3: you mentioned about Luke Walton, though he got kind of pirated away to the Lakers, didn't he? I mean, it's not like he was offered the job. I mean, what I mean is that the Lakers basically reached out to him and he took the job.
6: Absolutely, yeah. uh, it was it was the one he said all along. That's the one job he would leave for because he he was smart enough to know you don't really just go to any situation on your first gig. It's almost like a setup to fail. That's the kind of, That's not. That's only really what you're given as a first-time head coach. Is a really bad situation. So he wanted a good one, and he knew he was in one. And keep in mind, he was just playing four years ago. It's not like he's been on the bench for a long time. So the Lakers loved what he what he did, and he you know he's a Laker at heart. So he yeah. it uh, And it, it's working out pretty well for him.
4: Got to ask you though about uh, what's going on with this Warrior team because when you play a team like the Warriors that have that what's called the death lineup. I mean, they can put out an all-star in just about every position. I mean, this is something we have not seen ever in the NBA. Magic Johnson even, I mean, he had Worthy, he had Kareem, and he had guys like Norm Nixon, but they didn't have the depth. Uh, You know, Larry Bird's Celtics had some great – uh, cohorts on that team, and and of course, Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen and and many other players. But I I can't remember a team being this deep it, with this much talent. I mean, how do, how did the Warriors put this group together?
6: Uh, they did it through the draft. Uh, you know, all of their players were drafted except for Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala But the core. Uh, especially dating back to last year, and yeah, McGee, got Durant, Clay Thompson, Seth <laughs> Curry, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes. Those are all. <laughs> They finally figured out the draft. As you know, they were terrible at the draft. Cheers.
3: Of course, JaVale is uh, coming from a couple of different teams. But uh, yeah, I love that guy.
6: They got the core, though, from yeah. the draft. True. And and that that core started attracting free agents. They got Andre Godala first. Then they got uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. But that core was through the draft. And part of it, too, believe it or not, it was the ankle injuries. The ankle injuries. Made Steph take less money, and because he took less money, they were able to pay all these other guys. So yeah. that, that that ended up being fortuitous for the Warriors. Well, just, and
3: and uh, Pachulia took a lot less because he wanted oh, to go yeah. on a winning team.
6: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Pachulia took a huge pay cut. He he's on like the veterans. I think he ate, like two billion dollars when he probably could have got about eight or nine, maybe ten.
4: Interesting. Pachulia is kind of kind of a character because he's so low key. He's so soft spoken and he's almost invisible in that in that locker room and on that court. And when you talk to the guy, um, he just is so happy to be with this group of players. What's it, What's he been like to, to deal with? Because you don't hear a lot about Zaza Pachulia. He's in the lineup every day, and he does a lot of the dirty work. But he's kind of a – you know, he's an Eastern European guy. He's, a, he's about 36 years old. Uh, you know, I mean, I, obviously you have some dealings with him too. Oh,
6: Zaza's a great dude. He's a uh... – He's very down-to-earth, very easy to talk to. He's funny. Uh, I know people uh, don't talk to him because you, you feel like there's a barrier there. Here's a guy from Georgia and not the state, right? <laughs> and is where you probably think, oh, it's going to be hard to talk to him. He's very easy to talk to. He's been around the league a long time. He knows the game. And he's a very humble guy. So he, he was able to come into a situation where there's four all-stars, so he won't get the ball that much. And he's replacing somebody who was really integral and in Andrew Bogut. So you know people wanted Bogut today, so now he's got to fill the shoes of Bogut. And it takes a certain level of humility to do that. Mm. I think he's got it. He fit in pretty well. He makes level.
4: Another guy who really fascinates me, and I had a chance to talk to him for the first time the other night, and I really, you know, for the first time as a warrior, because I don't get to go to the locker room that often anymore, was David West, who's also about 36, at, towards the end of his career, had a couple of all star years and, and took a big uh, cut and pay to come to the Warriors and David West is a fascinating character. There's a lot more to than meets the eye uh, to David West. I mean, uh, well,
3: tell, tell us about how tough he is. Well,
4: he, he's not only tough, but there's you know he's interested in a lot of things that have nothing to do with basketball, Marcus. And I know you probably have had a chance to converse with him and Andre Iguodala, another one. I mean, that's the fun part. I think well, of this yeah. team is that they're they're really their personalities and their interests are are just uh, they're all over the place.
6: All all, all me and David West have been talking about is where he's going to be a professor at when he's not playing basketball.
4: Where where he's going to what? Now say that again?
6: Where he's going to be a professor. He's going to be a professor, and I'm trying to get him to go to my old college. Is that <laughs> right? What does
3: he want to be a professor of?
6: Probably history, uh, oh. African-American history. And that dude is a walk-in encyclopedia, let me tell you. You bring up anything, he's going to have some kind of history lesson for you on it. It's amazing how how he's able to retain all that in the middle of an NBA career. (laughs) Hmm. He's impressive because if if I'm a basketball player, I'm probably going to live, eat, breathe, drink basketball, and probably won't remember my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Just drink basketball and can tell you about what happened in
4: 1968. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Well, you know, you, I, I was kidding him about that because I said I, before I did the interview, I said, you know, you're talking about stuff that you weren't even around for. I remember when I was a kid. He goes, well, he says, well, I've been reading a lot of books, you know, uh, uh, so he he knows. But Andre Iguodala, another one of these guys who uh, he lovely. looks like he could be. A, he, I think he could be a good coach. I don't know.
6: What do you think? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Andre Iguodala is impatient. <laughs> is
3: that right? Is he, um, impatient? He
6: was like a borderline huh. savant. Is so it really he doesn't understand why people don't get it. He's impatient, huh? He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Come well, he's on, a, he's an
3: intelligent basketball player. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. That thing, you know.
6: Watch him on the court. He's like looking at his teammates, like, "What yeah. are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, it doesn't come to everybody yeah. like that. Like, not everybody's figured this thing out. He's like John Nash on the court, and he thinks everybody else should be the same. Yeah.
3: Now, are are you making any predictions for finals?
6: You know, I, I, I predicted last year that. The Warriors will win, and look what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> barring, barring injury, I think they'll win. I'm predicting that they'll win. And,
3: and who are they going to play?
6: Uh, Cleveland. Nobody's beating LeBron. Yeah. It's, it's not happening. Nobody in the East is good enough to beat LeBron. If there's if there's one like sleeper team that could like, play Toronto. a perfect series. Is Washington John really
4: the Washington? The Washington uh, Wizards, Wizards, huh? Wow. Yeah,
6: John Wall. John Wall,
4: is, yeah. I think,
6: I, John Wall might be like on the cusp of what Curry or Kyrie did, where
4: he's a good player, good
6: player, good player, and all of a sudden, bam! Wow, he's incredible. I think he could he could do something like that. Not that he will, but mm-hmm. nobody else is beating LeBron. He's too
4: good. Marcus, I, I we're talking to Marcus Thompson, longtime beat writer for the Warriors, who's written a book called Golden. It's about uh, the miraculous rise of Steph Curry. There, there was an interesting little um, aside in your book. I just read. Uh, where Steph Curry is watching last year, Game 7, the final seconds are clicking down, and the Cleveland Cavaliers have stunned the Warriors to to dethrone them and win the championship. And they're celebrating on the Warriors' home floor just as the Warriors had done the previous year on Cleveland's home floor. And most of the players have gone to the locker room. They're pretty upset about the whole thing, and they, they still can't believe it. And Curry actually stays out on the court and watches the celebration. I mean, uh, what do you think's going through his mind at that time? Do you think he's uh, sort of... Just uh, in a, a kind planning, of
3: planning for next year. Planning for
4: next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, wait—we wait,
3: wait. Wait, wait, we want to hear the answer okay. to that. We oh. do have to cut to a quick oh, break. That's when we right. come back, okay. we're going to ha- have Marcus answer that okay. question. All right. Here's our next trivia question. Uh, talking baseball gloving, right? Right. More known for his bat than his glove. Which third baseman committed 34 errors in 338 chances in 1993 for a terrible fielding percentage of 899? Oh boy. And uh, when we come back, if you don't know the answer, I'll give you a couple of hints. All right, stay with us because you're listening to Sports Econ 101 with Edward Brown and Bruce McGowan. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
2: Nestled off the coast of Northern California and deep in the Redwood Forest, Sonoma Canopy Tours is a high adventure and completely unlike anything you've ever experienced. The guided eco-tour includes multiple zip lines, sky bridges, a majestic spiral staircase, and a rappel to the forest floor. You'll be immersed in the unparalleled beauty of the world-famous California coastal redwoods. Call 888-494-7868 or
9: go to SonomaCanopyTours.com.
2: Discover the world of sea kayaking, paddle boarding, and biking in Half Moon Bay. Whatever your experience, we can accommodate you. Our fleet is made up of single and double kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, and many different bikes to suit your needs. Come play in Half Moon Bay. Call 650-773-6101 or go to www.hmbkayak.com. That's HMB as in Half Moon Bay, kayak.com. Welcome back to Sports
3: Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. When we cut to our last commercial break, we asked this trivia question. More known for his bat than his glove, which third baseman committed 34 errors and 338 chances in 1993 for a terrible fielding percentage of
4: 899? Again, I should know this because I I remember I covered about 100 Giant games that year. Traveled with the team. And okay, well, I'm, I'm, didn't play for the Giants. No, the first so. didn't play for the Giants. Yeah. Giants had a gold, three gold, four gold glovers on that team. Matt Williams, Robbie Thompson, uh... I think William, not Willie McGee, but maybe Darren Jeff Lewis. Kent? Well, no, no, yeah, this is before no, Jeff before Kent. Different. This is 1993. Oh, yeah, yeah. Royce yeah, Clayton was not a gold glover. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, so okay, uh,
3: he played for the Padres. Mostly you know him for the Padres and then also the Marlins.
4: Still stumped. Gary,
3: Gary Sheffield.
4: Gary Sheffield. Oh, my God. I was thinking of him as an outfielder, but I forgot yeah, he did start he his did career in the, race, in the yeah. infield. Yeah, yeah.
3: And he oh. was more known for his bat.
4: Yes, he was. What a great hitter. Yeah. Well, Marcus Thompson is joining us, uh, a longtime Bay Area sports writer who has been covering the Warriors for the last decade and has written a book called Golden. It's uh, available now. It's about the miraculous rise of Steph Curry. And by the way, before we ask you that question I wanted to, about Curry, if people want to get this book, Marcus, where can they go to get it? Where Where is it uh, available?
6: Oh, they can get it wherever wherever they buy books. Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, Google, iTunes, we have Loaded the market with
4: building. Well, I think it'll it'll be a good sell because it's uh, he's the obviously one of the most compelling players in the game. And we were talking about how at the end of last year, how he was watching the Cavaliers celebrate. I'll never forget that moment. It was a stunning moment because the Warriors, as you as you will remember, missed their last eleven shots of the game. Had they made just a couple of those, they would have. Probably won the championship. I well, mean, especially
3: w- when Iguodala gets blocked by LeBron. Yeah. Which, and- by the way, remember the year before LeBron had a lot of class and sh- yeah. you know, shook the hands of Kerr. Oh, and, sure, sure, yeah. sure. But, sure.
4: but what, what what do you yeah. think was going through Steph's mind as he's watching that? Because most of the other his teammates are probably trooping to the locker room and they're not really paying much attention. But Steph stayed out there for a while.
6: I think I think he was indeed plotting for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wanted to feel it, you know. Uh, and you know, one thing I've learned about Steph is again he's got great perspective i think he i think he understands that winning and losing is all a part of it and he wants to feel it all i think that's that's how he is he he want, i know i'm sure he wanted to have a moment with lebron uh, just as like stars who just dueled it out and i know he wanted to say congratulations like because that's what he grew up watching right with bird and magic you uh Jordan and, and, and Carl Malone, or Jordan and Gary Payton. Like, I, I think he appreciates that element of the game. And uh, it was fuel. It was going to be fuel. He was about to have to work out and get ready for the next season. And he wanted those images in his head to keep him motivated.
4: Yeah, it certainly did motivate him. And, again, the thing we love so much about Steph Curry is the the down-to-earth kind of personality. And we forget that his dad played in the NBA I mean, Clay Thompson's dad played in the NBA. I covered Michael Thompson. Shows you how old I am. I covered Michael Thompson when he was a young player up in, up in Portland. And, you know, there's another guy that, that just seems like he is so calm and relaxed. And Kevin Durant, another one, it almost seems like they need a guy like Draymond Green to kind of shake things up <laughs> once in a while. What, what's it like uh, dealing with Draymond on a regular basis? Because he is just so bubbly and full of life.
6: Draymond is fun. Uh, he definitely is a change of pace. Uh, the Warriors' locker room is very, uh, uh, you know, they, they always say the right thing. They avoid controversy. They try their best anyway to avoid controversy. They're generally good guys, so you kind of get the same kind of thing from everyone. Draymond is the change of pace, you know. He's the guy that's willing to talk trash and jab back and forth, right? <laughs> the guy that, you know, brings some little uh, wildness to the setting. Uh, I think I think they do need it on the basketball court, and as media members, we definitely need it because, I mean, you need somebody to not say what you expect them to say sometimes.
3: Yeah. I think one of the things I really appreciate about Draymond is how hard he works. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sometimes you see guys kind of lollygagging around on the court, but the one thing about him is, and I I watched the last game I watched, I just noticed him where it's like he never slows down. He's got that much energy; it's just incredible. Oh yeah.
6: It's crazy, too, because when he came out of the college, they were like, he's not athletic enough, but he covers so much ground. He's all over the place. He, he, what, what his secret is, he's just smarter than everybody else. He can anticipate and read, and he knows what people are going to do. So he can go over here, and he knows where he's going to end up over there so he can get a head start. It's really, It's really great to watch him maneuver on defense because it's quite
4: the sight to see. Well, the, the Warriors' defense is the key to their success. Everybody talks about the great outside shooting and you know the ability to bring in all these players off the bench who have experience. But it's the defense that keys everything. And Draymond is the centerpiece to that. I mean, he blocks three or four shots a night. He, he clears the boards. He does all the dirty work. But he, you look at it, uh, Marcus, it's always fun to look at the stat line because he's always in, invariably got like 12 points, 10 rebounds, you know, eight assists because he's a, a selfless guy passing the ball. And, you know, he's got four or five blocks. Plus he takes it – the other day I guess it was uh, against uh, – The three-pointers, yeah. Hit three yeah. three-pointers, yeah. I think. So he can do it all. There's not anything this guy can't do. and He's not that. He's a big guy, but he's not huge. He's no. what, 6'7", 6'8"? 6'7",
6: yeah, which is pretty small for a guy who defends like he does. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be defensive player of the year. You know, it's probably a demeaning term because he's better than that, but he's really their glue guy. He's the guy that kind of holds everything together on both ends. The defensive end, he's like the quarterback. He's, You know, he's the, the safety valve. He's also the aggressor. He kind of makes all of that work on offense. He's a playmaker and creator. You know, he's the guy who passes and gets things moving. He sets great screens. Like, in, in every area of the Warriors play, you'll find, like, Draymond Green's fingerprints. Uh, and he's better than, like, a typical blue guy. You know, that's what you say about somebody who, you know, they're pretty good, but they're important. But Draymond is better than that. He's, like, an elite blue guy in, in multiple areas on both ends of the
3: court. Yeah, I've been noticing the last few games he's been very uh... – I don't want to say careful, but I'm just going to say he's been very careful about not throwing the ball away. Because sometimes he would just make these passes. You go, what is he thinking? Why is he doing that? But he's been a lot more calculating in it. And I think you know when they—that's the main thing. They get offensive rebounds and they don't throw the ball away. It's really tough to score against them.
6: No question. Uh, I think they do get. I think sometimes they get bored and just want to make (laughs) a.
3: That's okay when you're up by 30 points and there's only five minutes to go.
4: Well, some people, Marcus, some people do compare them to the Harlem Globetrotters. I used to go to to watch the Globetrotters when they'd come to town and put on those Mm -hmm. amazing exhibitions of passing and and shooting, but the passing is what really amazed me. And the Warriors always, it's almost like that that old uh, movie Hoosiers where Gene Hackman is saying, we make five passes before we take Mm -hmm. a shot. I mean, it's almost like the Warriors have that scripted unless it's a fast break, and even then... I mean, is it the guys just enjoy that part of the game so much? Because uh, and, and most of the time, the passes are right on the money.
6: Yeah, they have a bunch of unselfish guys uh, who like passing. Like, Draymond loves passing. Steph loves passing. Clay is probably the only one who doesn't like passing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> catch and shoot, catch and Drake shoot. Tyler yeah Tyler likes
6: passing. Yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr counts their passes. They want to get 300 passes a game. So wow. it is a lot like Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, right, <laughs> where he's like, if you wanna look to why we didn't play well, why we didn't score like we should, one of his barometers is counting the number of passes they make. Another barometer is assists. They wanna hit thirty assists and get three hundred passes. Wow. So huh. they they do like moving the ball. The Warriors, uh, their whole offense is like three-card money. It's really what it is, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. Keep passing the ball. Uh, <laughs> make, a mistake or pick the wrong area, they go the other way.
4: I almost yeah. feel sorry, <laughs> Marcus. I almost feel sorry when I watch some of these other teams playing them once in a while. I mean, I really, I really do because I mean, there are nights when they're going to have a tough night shooting, and guys are having an off night, and somebody fouls out or gets maybe even gets thrown out. But um, generally speaking, I mean. It's 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 almost unfair because they just <laughs> they just have it so together. I mean, I I just don't see them losing this year. You know, under any circumstance, even if Durant doesn't play, and I'm sure he will, but even if Kevin Durant is out uh, and and Steve Kerr is not coaching, I still don't see them losing. Even to LeBron and the Cavs. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy.
6: I mean, well, we already know you're a little crazy, but <laughs> that makes you, I don't think that makes you wrong. <laughs>
4: My wife has always told me that anyways. No, it's
6: still unfair in Game 4 when they, when they blitz Portland like that. They're making all these threes, and it's, they're up by 30 points. I, I felt a little bad for Damian Lillard in Portland.
4: Yeah, uh, Edward was raging the point uh, during a break. He was saying that Lillard uh, – Made a prediction, I guess, and I I didn't remember him saying it that boldly, but I guess he did make Blazers this, in six. Yeah, yep. Blazers, Blazers and in six, six. and yeah. I guess that's sort of typical. You want to you want to pump up your guys and make them believe, but man, that had to be a humbling experience. And this is a guy playing against his the team that he grew up watching as a kid because he's from Oakland, Damian yeah. Lillard.
6: Well, they're all delusional. All these, athletes. <laughs> <laughs> they what? tell themselves so, like 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 Steph Curry. Like that's why there's a book on him because he's delusional. Everybody in the world said he's not good enough, he doesn't have the athleticism or size and he's like you are wrong. The entire world is wrong. Like <laughs> that's that's how they get to this level cuz they're delusional uh and they don't they 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 see the odds in front of them and say I can defy them.
3: Yeah, but look look at what good uh supporting roles his parents played.
4: Yeah, that's very true. I I
6: mean it helps when you've got like great supporting parents. Uh I just feel like Dame, you know, he made a prediction I think he knew it wouldn't be received. And it was one of those things like if he doesn't, if, he, if his prediction is wrong, oh, well, we all knew it would be wrong anyway. And if it's right, he's a hero for predicting it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it has got to be tough. That has got to be tough. We'll talk about the NBA a little bit right now because, you know, Major League Baseball is a big deal here in this country, as is in the NFL. But overseas, the, the game that is exported more, um, I would say, more widely than any other professional sport, is the NBA. I mean, people play basketball in Africa and Asia and South America and Europe and Eastern Europe. There's no part of the world where they don't play basketball. So I would think that the the coverage of the Warriors and the NBA is pretty international. We're seeing a lot of international media at these games now on a regular basis, aren't we now, Marcus?
6: Oh, yeah. This thing is huge. And, you know, that's one of the things that Steph Curry has helped do because he is, you know, quote-unquote small, and he does make smaller people feel like, you know what, I can play. So that, that opens up basketball to a whole lot of people, right, to a whole lot of people who are not 6'8 and run like a deer. And if you look out there like, hey, if I work hard and if I can shoot and dribble, I can participate. India's fair game. China's fair game. Steph is huge. He goes to China every year, and he, and they go insane because of him. Mm. Uh, no, no question, uh, basketball is a global brand, and he, along with LeBron and Kobe, and these other great stars have, have transitioned the NBA from this like remember remember they had to tape delay the NBA finals
4: <laughs> That's right. They taped awesome. the late back in the late seventies. Yeah, they did. Some of the games were taped late. That's amazing. You, know, you mentioned Steph maybe going to China. I could see Steph getting out of basketball and and getting into something like diplomacy or, or working, you know, overseas on a part of uh, some company or some foundation or maybe even the the government. I don't know what what's your read on this guy because he's only twenty eight. We forget about that. He's relatively still pretty young.
6: Yeah, he. I don't think he would get into politics because he has to say something right? And I, <laughs> I don't think he likes speaking. I don't think he likes speaking like that. I think he likes to do. So I could see him doing philanthropy work or running some kind of nonprofit or becoming like a Magic Johnson-esque business person and trying to like help communities that way. I think that's how... I think that's what his calling will be. But he's definitely he's definitely going to be somewhere trying to help somebody and... It's empire just
3: in it for Seth. Yeah. Hey, uh, Marcus, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Econ 101. We'll definitely have to have you on again.
4: Oh, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. See you okay. out at the game soon, Marcus. Thanks okay. so much again. All right. All right. All right. Marcus Thompson, good guy. And again, the book is Golden. It's about the miraculous rise of Steph Curry. And uh, just, uh, you know, go go to your computer and, and Google it, and I'm sure you'll be able to find books. bookstore. find and, it. Yeah, you'll find it.
3: All right, here's our last trivia question about Holy Gloves, Batman, which, by ah. the way, I, I get from this uh, trivia contest called Fun Trivia. Oh, okay. So we've got to give credit to them. Okay. Who was the last player to, to commit 50 errors in a season?
4: You know, I'm been I've been stumped today. I am not getting this. And touch, I'm a baseball guy. Don't
3: touch that dial, oh, man. We will be right back.
2: Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for
3: today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our third trivia question, which stumped our master. Who was the last player to commit 50 errors in a season? And I, I this this goes back a ways.
4: Okay, this goes back to what the nineteen fifties. Yes,
3: and this is somebody who I I may have heard of. Okay, the, yeah, go ahead, Roy Smalley of the Cubs.
4: Oh my gosh, you know that? Uh, yeah, Roy Smalley was a. Uh, he had a uh, a son who played in the major leagues as uh, well.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, with, I'm thinking of Smiley now. <laughs> no, no,
4: uh, for the Minnesota Twins, and I'm trying to remember uh, his name. He played a few years back, back in the nineteen nineties and eighties. Um, pretty maybe good player. Uh, oh, but
3: not Roy Smalley jr
4: it would have been Maybe. that guy, yeah, I believe it was yeah oh, okay yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes I mean,
3: I'm just thinking if there if there was a Roy no Smalley, no no, jr. that
4: was his dad i I completely forgot that name. You know, I haven't heard that name mentioned for at least 10 years. Yeah. So he was a good player. The dad and the son were both good players. But I I I'd remember now that I recall the dad did have – he was a good hitter, but he couldn't field his way out of, you know.
3: Huh. Yeah. But, but then being a shortstop, maybe they should have put him at some other well, field. Well,
4: yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know. I don't know. The, the, the thing is that, that the numbers that you – Commit the, the number of errors you commit at shortstop. It, it's sort of skewed because more balls are hit to you yeah, exactly. than anywhere else. And it's I, the most I, important position on the field. Why well, I,
3: I know when you get older they put you at first base, but don't they usually like put you in like left field or something? If you, if your gloves kind no, of no, if, if
4: you get older they they send you to the American League and turn you into a DH. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. But I'm I saying. hate the DH. I'm sorry. I know there are people <laughs> out there who disagree with me. I grew up. It was the baseball was good for seventy some odd years. In Major League Baseball, without a DH, if you can't play in the field, get out of the game. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: All right, says Bruce McGowan. Yes, yeah, right. I mean,
4: they don't do that in football, except for maybe kickers or uh, play, uh, guys who hold the football. You know, when the guy kicks. Well, they the have field guys
3: goal. on offense. They have guys on defense.
4: Yeah, but they play half the game. That's true. You know, but... and I, you're getting four at bats a game. That's playing in a game. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, here's thoughts uh, for the day. Uh, in the field,
3: in the field of sports, uh, you are more or less accepted for what you do, rather than what you are. Like that? Okay. Althea Gibson. Ah. And money was never the motivation. It never should be in sports, said Katrina Witt. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective. Was that after she
4: got hammered by... uh, Probably.
3: And asking more trivia (laughs) questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week.
4: Good night, America. So long.